It's Tuesday, September 26th. I'm Trey Vale Anderson. And I'm Priyanka Arabindi, and this is What A Day, where we are just pointing out that amid the Taylor Swift rumors, she has not dated another American since back in 2012. We ran this by the fact checkers, so don't add us. Also, she probably is on to something there, okay? <laughs> On today's show, New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez says he won't resign after being charged with bribery. Plus, Governors Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis are inexplicably going head to head on the debate stage in November. Yeah, 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 yeah. But first, we've all seen them over the past few months, the witty picket signs, the digs against entertainment executives on social media, and most importantly, the widespread calls since May to support striking Hollywood writers. And as we told you on yesterday's show, the Writers Guild of America, the union that represents them, finally announced a tentative agreement with the major studios. The deal is the result of five days of marathon negotiations between the two sides after previous talks deadlocked back in early August. And as of Monday evening, as we sat down to record this episode, we still don't have the full details about what's in the agreement, though we could learn more as soon as today when the union is expected to finalize it before presenting it to its members. They will ultimately decide whether to accept or reject the terms of the three-year contract. The Guild has said that it got most of what it wanted, including increased pay for writers on streaming content, minimum staffing requirements for TV shows, and guarantees from the studios over the use of artificial intelligence. In the meantime, striking writers from LA to New York all seem to breathe a collective sigh of relief because after 146 long days, picketing has been officially suspended. And while the strike gave us some great one-liners and a chance to see the power of collective bargaining, It certainly came at a cost. Many writers had to steel themselves for the uncertainty and pressure, financial and otherwise, that comes with being out of work without a clear end in sight. Yes, and so we wanted to hear from one of them ourselves. Vicky Liu has been a card-carrying member of the Writers Guild since 2014. Her credits include work on NBC's Superstore and, most recently, Apple TV's Loot. We caught up with her from her home in Los Angeles, and she told us that she and her colleagues finally felt a glimmer of hope going into the weekend. I think as soon as we knew negotiations were starting again, the rumor that was going about was this might be it. This might be the last couple times that they're going to sit down with each other. Everything seems positive. <laughs> positive in the sense that everyone is sort of at their wits end. It's getting to a point where we all need to just get back to work. Even on the AMPTP side, it's like, you know, they're not winning this. and We're not giving up. So there's just a sense of something's going to happen during these negotiations. And that was sort of the feel of everything that was going on, which was positive. So even them meeting on Saturday, we're like, okay, they've never done a weekend meeting. This is great. You know, this is progress. This is different from what we're usually experiencing. Yeah, we've heard of so many stories of folks being kind of impacted by the strike in so many different ways, just in terms of their livelihood. What were some of the challenges or experiences that you faced during the strike? How did it impact you and your family personally? I will start off by saying I I think I was in a pretty good place when the strike started. We sort of saw the writing on the wall a little bit, so we did start to prepare to save up and just prepare ourselves and I've been working for a while, so I was in a decent place to stop working. That being said, you know, we did feel that impact in our household. You know, I 
fairly recently purchased a home and then even more recently had a kid with my wife. So we have a new baby. So all those things are just culminating in things that require a steady flow of income. I don't think the stopping of work was jarring so much as how long it has gone on. And so we started to really start to see those effects just really starting to tighten our belts, starting to worry a little bit. Earlier on, having the conversations of, do I have any other marketable skills other than being a writer? Am I supposed to look for another career? Is there anything else that I can be doing just to have another set of income? My wife, you know, wanted to take off more time to sort of be a stay-at-home mom. And we had another conversation about her going back to work earlier than anticipated. We have this new baby that we want to give a home for and looking at my baby and being like, I'm a provider. Am I going to be able to provide for this new baby, this new life that I've brought into the world? So all that is really scary. There are those moments where it just felt a little dark and a little like, how long is this going to last for and also my mom was not helpful. She reacts. I try to keep calm and my mom, my mom like voices the things that very audibly that I'm aware of, but try not to like let that voice get to me where she's just like, you're not working. You're not making money. It's you're, it's going to be really hard. And I'm like, no, I know. All, I'm aware of all these things. Thank you. It just caused that like simmering tension in the household, I will say. Definitely. I mean, the strike went on. For 146 days, that is nearly five months, during which no one was getting their paychecks. So how did you and your colleagues keep going? Because I imagine, you know, after you hit maybe even like month one, you're like, oh God, I'm like starting (laughs) to feel this. This doesn't feel so good. What, What kept you motivated throughout this length of time? You know, having just said the stress that we went through in my household, at the same time, My confidence in the leadership of WGA and the confidence of the strike never wavered. My resolve never wavered, despite being stressed and scared and worried. I was never angry at the strike. I was never like, why isn't this over? There was just such a resolve within the WGA. We just knew that things needed to change. It was it was the power of the the strength of a union because personally people are going through things, but we can see the bigger picture. For me, at least, I can only speak for myself. I've been in broadcasting. I've been in streaming. I've seen it. I've seen the the negatives of where our industry was going. And I knew that, yeah, things need to change. That was our conversation with WGA member Vicky Liu. Of course, the Actors' Union SAG-AFTRA is still on strike. That has now been going on for 75 days. SAG-AFTRA and the studios haven't talked in two months, so it could be some time before things get back to normal for Hollywood. As always, we'll keep an eye on how that shakes out, but in the meantime, that is the latest for now. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? 
This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What a day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who... Deserves flowers in your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. The self-proclaimed white supremacist who killed 23 people in a racist attack at an El Paso Walmart in 2019 has been ordered to pay over $5 million to the victims and their families. That is according to court documents filed yesterday. The 25-year-old gunman was sentenced to 90 consecutive life sentences back in July after he pleaded guilty to federal hate crime charges for the racist rampage, which was one of the deadliest attacks against Latinos in modern U.S. history. He specifically traveled to El Paso to target Mexican people and immigrants. As for the more than $5 million that he's been ordered to pay up, it is unclear when victims can hope to see that restitution, and it's unlikely that he has the money or the assets to cover that amount. In the meantime, the shooter still faces a separate state trial in Texas, and prosecutors there are seeking the death penalty. Ukrainian military officials said yesterday that the leader of Russia's Black Sea Fleet, Admiral Viktor Sokolov, was among the 34 officers killed last week in a missile strike in Crimea. Ukraine's special operations forces, which shared the update, added that more than 100 people had also been wounded. But the claim about Sokolov hasn't been independently verified, and Ukraine hasn't provided any evidence. However, if confirmed, Sokolov's death would be a huge loss for the Russian Navy. The attack happened on Friday when Ukraine Ukraine said it struck the Black Sea Fleet's headquarters in the Crimean city of Sevastopol, where senior members of Russia's navy were meeting. As for Russia, its defense ministry initially said one person was killed, but later said that person was missing. And as of our record time at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, Russia has not yet commented on Ukraine's claims. And back in this country, New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez spoke out for the first time since he was indicted on federal corruption charges last week and insisted yesterday that he will remain in office. I firmly believe that when all the facts are presented, not only will I be exonerated, but I still will be the New Jersey's senior senator. 
Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what gives you the confidence and what gives you the faith there, but uh, good for you, sir. Menendez and his wife are accused of accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bribes in exchange for helping to enrich three New Jersey businessmen and using his position in the Senate to secretly aid the Egyptian government. Menendez has already temporarily stepped down as the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, though some of his Democratic colleagues have urged him to resign. I mean, clearly, Mm -hmm. the man's doing a lot of foreign relations. No contest there. (laughs) He is up for re-election next year, but he hasn't explicitly said whether or not he'll seek another term. If he does, he already has a primary challenger. Another New Jersey Democrat, Representative Andy Kim, recently announced that he plans to run for Menendez's Senate seat, saying in part that, quote, New Jersey deserves better. And listen, there are a lot of things to say about New Jersey, but that's... That's the truth. That just is. <laughs> I won't be saying any of them on this show. <laughs> and finally, the showdown that absolutely no one asked for. Fox News announced yesterday it will host the first and hopefully last primetime debate between California Governor Gavin Newsom and Florida Governor and Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis. Why does this make any sense? I don't know. Why? Why? If you're drawing a blank, too, you're not alone. Don't worry. (laughs) So the matchup, which is set for November 30th, is unusual, considering that they're not running for the same office, though both leaders have gone out of their way over the past year to troll each other on social media. DeSantis even tried to take the opening jab with a video posted shortly after the announcement, insinuating that Newsom's policies are driving people out of the Golden State, which, you know, is kind of rich for a guy who brags about kidnapping people to score political points. You know, he's been shipping people from Florida to California to Martha's Vineyard and various other places. So he knows a lot about driving people out of a state. Right. As far as why Newsom agreed to this sideshow in the first place, a spokesperson for the Democratic governor told the Los Angeles Times that he agreed to it as long as it doesn't look like WWE Smackdown. So no cheering section, no hype videos, none of that. But the cringe doesn't end there. A former Republican strategist also told The Times that the move on DeSantis' part reads as, quote, pure desperation. According to a national poll from Emerson College, support for DeSantis' presidential campaign currently sits at just 12 percent. Yeah, this is just really comical. This makes no sense that this event is happening. I don't know why Governor Newsom agreed to this. Ron DeSantis... Sure. Right. I mean, I won't attempt to try and make sense of how that man thinks. But Gavin Newsom, why are you going on Fox News? Why do you think this is a good idea? This is a grown-up version of the Elon Musk-Mark Zuckerberg cage match, which actually I would have watched because that sounded entertaining. But this does not sound entertaining. (laughs) This sounds like two nerds fighting. Two nerds, actually, I should say, with jobs that they should be doing. Pretty big jobs. Pretty big states. A lot of people depending on them to be using a lot of their energy for work. So... Yeah, this is rather confusing. Yeah, I also feel like Newsom doesn't win anything out of doing no. this, right? If anybody gains something potentially, it's Ron DeSantis, right? Because he can try to prove, you know, how bold he is in his bigotry, you know? And I'm sure Fox News viewers will will that like up. that and it might improve his current polling numbers. But, like, this makes no sense for Newsom. But here we are, nonetheless. You know that bullshit criticism that people would, like, give Democrats every now and then who are running for office? They'd be like, this isn't presidential. Like, this random thing Mm -hmm. that you've done. This is the least presidential shit I have actually ever seen. Mm -hmm. You are debating a random man who is not even competing 
for the same office as you, why it does reek of desperation. And we will not comment on what it reeks of from Gavin Newsom. I don't know. I don't know. And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go. If you want to see Ron DeSantis get beat up by multiple people on the debate stage, not in real life, people, just hold, mm-hmm. hold your horses there. You are in luck because the second GOP presidential debate is happening tomorrow. That means it's time for another Friends of the Pod exclusive group thread. Join us on Discord for live reactions and commentary during this guaranteed shit show. Wad's very own Josie Duffy Rice and I will be there with you as it all unfolds. So don't miss out because... Who knows? Maybe it'll be the night that Ron DeSantis learns how to smile. I hope not. (laughs) I like his weird attempt just as it is. You can join the group thread by becoming a friend of the pod at crooked.com slash friends. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, high five the writers in your life and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just Bob Menendez's search history like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Trayvell Anderson. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And, and go, go get, get him, Gavin. Gavin. I don't want to sound like I'm encouraging this. I'm about to say, maybe don't go get him, actually. Yeah, stay home. <laughs> stay home, please. <laughs> But I will say, like, if they did make it a little more like WWE, yeah. I would watch then. I would watch. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Our show's producers, Itzy Quintanilla, Raven Yamamoto, and Natalie Bettendorf are our associate producers. And our senior producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.